Hello and welcome to Living Life. In today's Living Life, we want to look at this element of time. Uh, there's a strange thing about the immediate needs. Uh, we live in a world that's always wanting the now, wanting everything right away. And immediacy has this challenge in our lives that uh, it tends to press on us in a way. It tends to distort the facts and just say, I need it, I need it, I need it. Uh, I have a very interesting experience just over the past few weeks. Um, as I was coming into a new job, uh, I had a certain budget set apart for a laptop. And uh, immediately, just because I had the budget, I began to imagine buying a laptop. And my current laptop is actually very, is a very decent laptop. But just because I had the offer and the opportunity, I began to really hunger for this laptop. And I began to think about all the reasons why I needed it. All my feelings came up, all my desires came up. And as I began to sit on it, I decided to stop and to wait and to push my immediate desires to the side and just begin to ask this strange question. Do I really need it? Do I really need it? And I said, I'm going to wait about at least a week, maybe two weeks, just to slowly decide. And as I began to wait, the immediacy of the need began to fade. And I began to realize, in light of a bigger picture, what I, what, what I thought initially that I needed right away, turns out I didn't need it after all. So as we dig into today's passage, why don't we look into the Word and begin to see some of the, the motifs in this section. So let's read it together. Psalm chapter 102, verses 12 through 28. But you, Lord, sit enthroned forever. Your renown endures through all generations. You will arise and have compassion on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. The appointed time has come, for her stones are dear to your servants. Her very dust moves them to pity. The nations will fear the name of the Lord. All the kings of the earth will revere your glory. For the Lord will rebuild Zion and appear in His glory. He will respond to the prayer of the destitute. He will not despise their plea. Let this be written for a future generation, that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. The Lord looked down from His sanctuary on high. From heaven He viewed the earth, to hear the groans of the prisoners and release those condemned to death. So the name of the Lord will be declared in Zion and His praise in Jerusalem when the peoples and the kingdoms assemble to worship the Lord. In the course of my life, He broke my strength. He cut short my days. So I said, Do not take me away, my God. In the midst of my days, your years go on through all generations. In the beginning, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. The children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. 
Welcome back to Living Life. If you're following us with us today, you realize that today's passage begins from verse 12. Yesterday we had looked at verses 1 to 11, and we began to see in verse 1 to 11 that the psalmist is very, very desperate. The psalmist is crying out to the Lord to save him or her. And today we see a very, very different picture, even though it's within the same psalm. Starting from verse 12 on, the psalmist takes the picture off of him or herself and turns it instead to God. The psalmist says in verse 13, uh, verse 12 actually, But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. You are remembered throughout all generations. The psalmist takes the focus off the temporal and the immediate problems and says, God, you are eternal. Now, there's going to be this interesting play on between a temporal and immediate situation that seems like there's so many problems and looking at the broader picture from God's lenses and realizing that perhaps the problems fade when we look in light of eternity. Within this psalm, there's going to be many, many time motifs. And I encourage you as we dig in to pay attention and follow along because I'll be pointing it out. The first time motif is talking about a contrast between a temporal and an eternal matter, and a future matter rather. In verses 13, the psalmist begins by saying, you will arise and have pity on Zion. It is time to favor her. The appointed time has come. Zion refers to the kingdom of God that will be established in a future time. It's talking about an eternal reign where God will come and establish his kingdom, his rule, and his reign. And the psalmist here is saying that God, the time has come for you to establish that city, to establish your rule and your reign in this world. But if we scroll forward a little bit, in verse 18, the psalmist says something quite different. The psalmist says, let these words be recorded for a generation to come. As in the very words that the psalmist says in 13 to uh, just 17, is talking about a future matter. So in short, the psalmist is saying, God establish your kingdom, but in your timing, in a time to come. And we also see further on that if we look at this kind of establishing that the psalmist is talking about from verse 20, the type of establishing that will happen is that the Lord will hear from heaven, look down to the earth, and hear the groans of the prisoner to set free those who were doomed to die. But this doesn't look like a temporal restoration or a restoration of Israel the city or Jerusalem the city, but it seems to be talking about an eternal restoration, an eternal uh, God bringing his rule and his reign into this world. It seems like the Psalms is saying that God himself will deal not with just the problem of rebellion in cities, but ultimately he will deal with the problem of sin and rebellion in the whole earth. In Romans chapter 6, 23, there's a very famous verse that says that the wages of sin is death, that the wages of sin is death. And we see just in verse 20 that the restoration that will happen in the future that is recorded for a generation to come it will be the prisoners who are, will be set free. These prisoners who were doomed to die will in fact be set free. Set free for what? To live eternally with the Lord. There's a second time motif that happens in this psalm in verses 23 to 28. In verse 23, the psalmist once again reflects on the brevity of life, in the shortness of life. 
he says that God has broken his strength in mid-course. He, he has shortened my days. It's talking about this temporal nature by which we may die, which we will die. We all suffer the repercussions of time and the ravages of time and death. However, we see in Psalm 27 that the psalmist talks about God's eternal purposes. God's eternal purposes in Psalm 27, 28, the latter sections of it. In Psalm 27, the psalmist says, everything will perish, but God, you are the same, your years have no end. And, and finally, the psalmist concludes by saying, the children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. So in short, when we look at this whole psalm together, we see this element where the psalms is struggling with some form of distress. And that distress is actually perhaps the struggle with the fact that through time that the psalmist is doomed to die. As it says in verse 20, that the prisoners are doomed to die. But God has a plan and he has set a plan in motion to restore his people to live eternally with him. And that plan is the person of his son, Jesus Christ. The psalmist finds peace when he looks at and he compares his temporal and current situation, which doesn't look that positive, and he looks at God's eternal purposes. And he says that he finds peace in verse 28, that he finds peace that God will continue to show his faithfulness to all future generations. So in the superscription, in the very beginning, before verse 1, Psalm 102, it says, this is the prayer for one who is faint when God help, God's help seems far away. And the psalmist throughout this psalm reflects on God's character. He reflects on God's eternity and God's faithfulness throughout all generations. And then he closes the psalm by saying, God, you have been faithful in the past. You are faithful today and you will be faithful ongoing. In this psalm, I mentioned that there is a motif of time, and that motif of time shows that in the immediate situation, things may look desperate, but when the psalmist looks at eternity and looks at God's purposes, he sees a better and a bigger fulfillment. He sees that God has been faithful throughout the generations. Verse 3 and 27 is almost the beginning and the closing of the psalm, begins and closes like this. In verse 3, the psalmist says, My days pass away like smoke. But at the end, in verse 27, the psalmist says, But God, you are the same, and your years will have no end. The psalmist contrasts his temporalness but with God's eternity, and he finds comfort that God has not left him alone. Furthermore, if we look at the very, very beginning of this psalm, verses 1 and 2, and look at the end, 28, we see again a contrast of time. It begins by saying, Hear my prayer, O Lord, let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. And it closes by saying this, The children of your servant shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. The psalmist looks and see God, sees God's faithfulness throughout all the generations and takes comfort and realizes that God has a plan set in motion to bring all his people home to dwell with him eternally. 
and in there we find comfort. Because sometimes we may only be able to see a small piece of string in a bigger picture, but God can see the bigger picture and He knows what He is doing. So let's pray together. Father, we thank You that we can measure our temporalness and be reminded of Your vastness and Your eternalness. Thank You, Lord, that You have created us to live with You, that You have created us to be in relationship with You, and You have planted eternity within our hearts so that we might know that we belong to You, O Lord. So Jesus, as we walk out today, help us to be reminded of Your Word, reminded of Your greatness and of Your faithfulness today. So Lord, we thank You. In Your name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a world and stepping in closer, see Jesus.